InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. There's a big trend in dieting these days, the gluten-free diet. But how many people are actually sensitive to gluten? And what symptoms should you look for to know if you need to cut your gluten intake? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with an expert to get the answers. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're talking with Dr. Daniel Leffler, Director of Clinical Research at the Celiac Center at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. He's also an assistant professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, and we're discussing the basics of gluten and gluten sensitivity. Dr. Leffler, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you very much for having me. So first of all, let's just talk about the basics. What is gluten and what foods can we find it in? Gluten is a plant protein that is found predominantly in wheat, but also in rye and barley. So those three grains contain gluten and related grains. Gluten is actually not one protein, but it's a group of hundreds of very similar proteins that make up much of the protein, the sort of chewiness that we get when we eat a normal piece of bread. How can someone know if they're gluten sensitive? Well, you know, it's not always easy to tell especially if we include in the gluten sensitivity spectrum celiac disease itself. For celiac disease alone, the symptoms can be very variable. They can include everything from a rash on your skin to anemia to fatigue to chronic GI symptoms. For gluten sensitivity as well, the symptoms can be very different. They can be fatigue for one person, headaches for another, gastrointestinal symptoms for someone else. So gluten sensitivity and celiac disease can really cover a lot of different potential chronic complaints people have, but it should be something that's bothering you, something that's active going on. There isn't any evidence that people who are feeling fine will feel better after removing gluten from the diet. Do we have any idea what percentage of Americans have this problem? For celiac disease, yes. We know pretty well that about 1% of the general population have celiac disease. However, only about 20% of those have been diagnosed, which is a shame because it's actually fairly easy to get diagnosed. The blood tests we have for celiac disease are actually quite good. And so I would encourage anyone who is considering the diagnosis of celiac disease or gluten sensitivity to get that blood test for celiac disease from their primary care physician or other doctor before going gluten-free. Once you go gluten-free, it can make these blood tests much, much more difficult to interpret. However, for gluten sensitivity, non-celiac gluten sensitivity to be more precise, there is no test for this. It's a diagnosis of exclusion. If you don't have celiac disease, you have symptoms and they go away when you stop gluten and they come back when you add gluten back into your diet. We actually don't know. We know right now there are a few million people in America on a low-gluten or gluten-free diet. But we actually don't know exactly why all those people are on the diet. That could be an overestimate or an underestimate of people with gluten sensitivities. So the bottom line is we really don't know how common a problem gluten sensitivity is. It is kind of a trendy thing right now to be on a gluten-free diet, maybe by self-diagnosing, and maybe people are wrong, but it is trendy now, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is. I think that's something that none of us in the field, you know, I've been working predominantly in celiac disease and gluten-related disorders for over a decade now. We certainly didn't see this coming even five years ago. But it's been impressive to see how popular this diet has become. And I think there's a lot of people out there with celiac disease and with other disorders who actually gain a lot of clinical benefit from it. It'll be interesting to see over the coming years whether the number of people on a gluten-free diet continues to grow, whether it stabilizes or whether it actually decreases somewhat. So is there any discernible health benefit for a normally healthy person to have a gluten-free diet? That's one of the things that there's been a lot of claims about in recent months and years. And really there isn't. There isn't any good evidence that a healthy person will become more healthy, so to speak. 
from following a gluten-free diet. One thing that does often happen, though, and we know this not just from the gluten-free diet but from any diet, is that many people probably don't pay quite as much attention to what they eat as they should. And we've seen this in multiple diet studies with different diets, is that once you start following a diet, it almost doesn't matter what it is. You pay a lot more attention to what you're eating, and you often eat more healthily. And that can make people feel a lot better. So I think sometimes the health benefits that are ascribed to a specific diet are really more general health benefits that just go along with better nutrition. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Donald Leffler, Director of Clinical Research at the Celiac Center at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. He's also an assistant professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. Dr. Leffler, going truly gluten-free in your diet is a lot harder than it sounds, though, isn't it? Yeah, there's actually no such thing as a true gluten-free diet. Gluten is so ubiquitous in our environment that even the most strict people are exposed to gluten in small amounts on a regular basis. The best we can do is actually a high-level gluten restriction. But gluten is, again, everywhere. It's cross-contamination, especially for people with true celiac disease who can get very, very ill from small amounts of gluten. You know, gluten is in frozen vegetables, it's in sauces, it's in all sorts of things that we wouldn't suspect. One thing on your plate can be prepared wrong in a restaurant and it can be more than enough to make someone sick. So it actually, it is a very cumbersome and burdensome diet to follow, which is, again, one of the reasons that we don't routinely recommend it unless somebody is actually getting some obvious clinical benefit. I understand that if someone does go gluten-free, there are some potential concerns about nutritional deficiencies. Yeah, that's true. Wheat, in particular, in the American diet is one of the major sources of B vitamins, They're fortified with folate, but also naturally occurring B vitamins. It's also one of the major sources of fiber, and most Americans don't eat enough fiber. And we know this is bad for colon health, this is bad for cholesterol to not eat enough fiber. So we do see people, unfortunately, who go gluten-free, and actually their diet becomes worse, and they become constipated or develop new problems, new nutritional deficiencies that they didn't have before. This is obviously not something we want to see. So I would counsel everybody who's going to start a gluten-free diet again after they get tested for celiac disease. To do it with caution, and if possible, see a dietitian to discuss the type of changes, because there's nothing that's inherently healthier about removing grains. Grains are an important part of the food pyramid for very good reason. Just explain the differences between gluten sensitivity and celiac disease. Obviously, there are some major differences. Yeah, celiac disease is actually an autoimmune condition, much like type 1 diabetes or rheumatoid arthritis, where people who are exposed to gluten actually develop an immune reaction which damages the intestine. That damage can be very severe. It can actually lead to severe diarrhea and weight loss, even certain cancers if it's left untreated for many, many years. Whereas gluten sensitivity doesn't appear to cause any significant damage to the intestine. There doesn't appear to be any of that autoimmune reaction with formation of antibodies and significant activation of your immune system. So while people with gluten sensitivity can have just as much symptom as somebody with celiac disease, there doesn't appear to be the same health consequences, either acutely or down the road. And for that reason, you know, again, many people with gluten sensitivity are fine on a low gluten diet and just lowering the amount of gluten they take in. And this is enough to improve their symptoms. For people with celiac disease, it really needs to be strict in all cases or else that damage to the intestine will continue. If someone thinks that they may be sensitive to gluten, what are the warning signals that they should go see their doctor about it? I think that any unexplained ongoing symptom or concern that someone has that has really not been explained well through the sort of medical tests that have already been done, and whether that's hair loss or fatigue or a rash or joint pain, 
think all of these things are well encompassed by the spectrum of gluten-related disorders. I really encourage people to have a very low threshold to talk to their doctor about, you know, I'm not feeling well because of this, or this rash is bothering me and it's been there for a while and I put on cream that hasn't gone away. You know, what do you think about celiac disease? Can I get tested? Again, it's a simple blood test. It's available everywhere. It's called the TTG. But that really is a great test. And if that is positive, then you can go on to have a definitive diagnosis of celiac disease and be treated accordingly. And if that's negative, then, you know, it's still very reasonable to say, you know, I still have this symptom. I'm going to try a low-gluten diet and see what this does. And if it makes a significant difference, then that's something that you can then start to see a nutritionist and talk about, you know, if this is a lifestyle change that really makes sense for you. Are there any online resources for people who want to learn more about gluten sensitivity that you recommend? Yeah, there's a number of great websites out there. We have our own, more a little bit more on the celiac side of the spectrum, but also on gluten sensitivity called Celiac Now. I would also refer people to some of the major national organizations. There's the National Foundation for Celiac Awareness, the Gluten Intolerance Group, and the Celiac Disease Foundation, all of which have wonderful websites and resources that are really more or less regional in nature. So depending on where people are in the country, they can reach out to local groups to really help them with the diet and help them find perhaps a physician or a dietitian that might be able to help them. Good information. Dr. Daniel Leffler, Director of Clinical Research at the Celiac Center at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston and also an Assistant Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you, Mario. It's a pleasure. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at TalkZone.com.